0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry. I'm from Hedgesville, West Virginia. The poor man's Tony Romo, Darren Shrewsbury, Jr. Darren, how are you this Sunday instead of a Saturday?
1: I've got my coffee, so I'm ready to go.
0: So do I. It's still hot, so I'm not drinking. I'm not going to burn my tongue. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're ready to go. We've got a good show for you. It's our uh, quarterback special, if you will. We are continuing our offseason program discussing the Patriots and West Virginia University uh, position by position. We are going to be the coaching staffs last week to kick it off. We'll start with the quarterbacks this week, and we start off with the Patriots quarterback situation. And I ask of you this. It's a very vague question. I will leave it to you to determine what you uh, say, but what do we think of the Patriots quarterback situation now? And that's an impossible question, but I led that off mm-hmm. with that for a reason. Go on. I,
1: I'm just going to be blunt. It's hot garbage. (laughs) It's hot garbage. Um, There was not a single moment in the entire season where if someone was starting for the New England Patriots at quarterback position that I was confident that they were going to be the one responsible for leading us to a victory. In fact, I was more confident that they
0: were going to lead us to a, to a loss. Um, And you were right. Nine times out of seven, out out of 16. So
1: yeah, so it was it was not fun and it was the most troublesome thing about the one of the most troublesome things about the entire uh season. I mean there were a lot of other things, but that one was the most annoying.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh you just the, the trio of Cam Newton, uh Jared Stidham, and Brian Hoyer were to be nice, uninspiring. Mm-hmm. Would be the nicest thing I can say to that. Yeah. And, and I can't uh, imagine
1: he's coming back. Hoyo that is. I,
0: no, he, he, his NFL career is probably done. At least I would think so. I mean, there might be someone who takes a chance if they have to, but I can't see it. Yeah. And then, Stidham, does he? Does he even fit into this team anymore, or is he going to be shipped out or cut? I feel
1: like, it, <clears throat> if with the season that you that we had. And the fact that there was the consistent, um, la- uh, lack of, you know, putting him in, you know, saying, oh yeah, you know what, we'll just put, the hesitancy to, to put him as the starter for the day, knowing that Cam Newton had been crap for three weeks in a row or something, for example, uh, says something and I can't imagine it says good things, um, so, honestly, if, if if the entire quarterback room is gone, and and there are entirely new faces, every single one of them, by the beginning of next season, it wouldn't
0: surprise me. It wouldn't either. It, that's here's another example. Kansas City. We all thought going into that game, it was going to be Stidham's team, didn't we? hmm And then Hoyer walks out on the field and you're like, uh, what? Yep. We were told you liked Stidham. Obviously, you don't. Yeah. So, if, if you're if you're not gonna now, granted, Kansas City is the definition of throwing someone into the fire. But if you're gonna find out what you got in him, you're probably not gonna win that game anyway. Even though they play well enough to win that game defensively, if, if Hoyer didn't have his mistakes, we probably beat Kansas City and we go eight and eight, which. It's still not great, but it's better than 7-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. Now, It it makes you feel a little bit better, maybe. But it, it's it still shouldn't be... I don't understand why Stidham wasn't put in there. And I don't get why, as you said, he wasn't... I mean, in mop-up duty, fine. But did Cam really give you the best chance to win? The worst Stidham could do was replicate what Cam did, which is... Uh, not which is throwing game conflations uh, at an alarming rate, and when he completed it, go to the other team. Mm-hmm. That's the worst he could do. And Cam didn't do all that as much as – the amount wasn't as much for Cam. It was the timing that was awful for Cam. That was the thing. When they needed a drive, they didn't get it. Yeah. When they didn't need one, they were fine. You cannot have that in the NFL and expect to win games. And I've said this before to you, and I will say it again. And it goes back to a point I made last week. That team, by this coaching staff and by other players, got dragged to seven wins. Cam is part of that problem. If, if there was even halfway decent uh, quarterback play, that may have been a 9-10 win mm-hmm. team. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. So... I can't. We can't do. Where does it stand in the NFL? Because we don't know what what's going to be the Patriots' situation now, but we we know what's there now. We don't know what's going to be in the future. But I will ask. I may, I gave you homework last night. I gave you homework, and I asked you to put together a list of some guys you would ex- you would want to see in New England under center this coming year for the Patriots and potentially in the future. Uh, I'll give you my list first, and then we will uh, we'll go to yours. Uh, And you can react to mine, obviously. And this is not in any particular order. It's just, it's there. Uh, Mac Jones. I love Mac Jones at Alabama. I absolutely love him. He is my, he is the guy from college that I most like in the draft. I know Trey Lance from North Dakota State is good. I know Zach Wilson from BYU is good. I know Trevor Lawrence is good. I'm not a big fan of Justin Fields at all. But I but I respect what he's done to a certain degree. But if you give me all those guys or Matt Jones, I'm taking Matt because I think his decision making is good. He fits the mo- he's a lot like Tom Brady. He's not mobile, but he makes quick decisions. He gets the ball out fast. And when you give him weapons, which the Patriots in theory would, uh, they could do something oh, and he's had a great running game behind him inside the great Alabama. He knows how to handle a good running back. Mm-hmm. So I I would love to see Mac Jones in New England. Yeah, I cannot disagree with that one. <laughs> uh, second, Jimmy G. Uh, the love affair with Jimmy G is real for me. Uh, I know he's injury prone. And I know John Lynch came out and said, the 49ers came out and said, if he's healthy, he's going to be our starting quarterback. But you just feel like if they feel like they can make a move in the draft to go get a quarterback that they may think could could be something – they might actually do it. And if they do, who knows? I don't know if Jimmy G is on the, is on the Patriots week one. But if it comes down to it, he doesn't play all that well. Could we see a midseason trade like what sent him to San Francisco? I don't think it would be unheard of. I mean, it really would. How, how ironic. Midseason trades don't happen with quarterbacks. That he would be trading midseason both directions. Wouldn't that be weird? Yeah, very. Uh, another uh, person I have here is Jacoby Brissett. I love Jacoby Brissett, and so I, um, I would. I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. I think he is the type of quarterback that can win games in the NFL with the right team around him. And Bill Belichick and Josh Daniels know him. We saw what they did on that Thursday night against Houston. They simplified the game. They made it worthwhile. Uh, for him. They made it easier on him, and they got the job done. That's how this team is, is set up to play. Why not take advantage of that and just say, go on and do that every single week, because I know you can. Yeah. And the fourth one, the no, last one on the list, this is going to throw up. This might be a curveball for you, but I'm, I believe in him. Andy Dalton. I'm tired of the slander of Andy Dalton. He is not a bad quarterback. Look at what he did with the Cowboys. That team was dead and buried, and we'd had funeral service. And all of a sudden, they dragged themselves. Yeah, it was a bad division. I'll give you that. But he he and that offense came together the last few weeks of the season and damn near won the division. All right? They had a chance. Don't tell me he's not a good quarterback. Look at what he did in Cincinnati. He's a good quarterback. And I would take him in New England. I would absolutely – if you told me Andy Dalton was going to come up here and, and play quarterback for the Patriots, I wouldn't have – I would not be – I would be fine with that. I would not have a problem with that whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't do much complaining either.
0: All right, that's my list. You got
1: yours? Um, I think we kind of mimic each other a little bit here, at least with uh, Mac Jones. And I was also thinking of – uh, not James Winston, sorry, I'm staring at Jamie Winston's name for some reason, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Um. No, not Jameis Winston. He can just disappear. No, he um, he,
0: he can stay in New Orleans uh, and back up. Jacoby
1: Pasetta. Again, I I would also not be a problem with him. Uh, Jimmy G wasn't on my on my list of four, but again, I would also not be a, have a problem with him. Um, really, it's just the injury prone that that makes me worried that if he comes here, he's he gets injured and then then we're back to square one. Uh, but again, I wouldn't complain if he was there. Um, but the other two I had on there that wasn't Mac Jones or Jacoby Brissett, um I was I, – I this is coming from not having, again, an extreme experience with re- watching every quarterback. But thinking about like another rookie quarterback that I don't think I would have a problem with given what I do know, al- at least what I recall about him over the season. Um, I don't know if I – I wouldn't have too much of a problem with uh, Kyle Trask from Florida. Oh, yeah. No, that I'd, I'd say, that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they, they they did a pretty good job there. I mean, if it wasn't for a, a one game, one game where they you know kind of fumbled it, uh, they might have been in the in the comp, uh, cultural uh,
0: playoff. Um, thank you, random <laughs> Florida defender we can't think of for throwing the LSU guys, <laughs> too. Yeah, that was I don't even remember that kid's name, but I think it's hilarious. nope. Yeah, it's it's a it, if.
1: Uh, imagine being the guy who everyone knows your name, but because you threw a shoe, and not because you did something good.
0: Can can we just call Florida Olympic in the playoffs? You. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um.
1: So I'll, I'd Damn. take him. Um. Some other options. Now this one's a long shot, and this one wouldn't be something that I expect to happen. But this would be something I don't think I'd be against either. Um. The, there's there's the very, very unlikely chance that Dak Prescott doesn't, or that leaves Dallas. Oh, like, boy. I can't imagine they're not going to re-sign him, but I would say that if he became available by some random miracle, I actually would not have a problem with him either. Uh, he's, uh, he's, I think he's a perfect balance of mobility and and doing, uh, and and the ability to throw the ball, like he doesn't rely on his legs as much as uh, Cam Newton, but he can use them if he absolutely needs to. Which is, you know, I I like that, and he's he's generally consistent, Um, and I I like that. I don't, no, I don't, I do not believe that he's going to be leaving Dallas. But if he does, I wouldn't have a problem with him either. And then, as an outside of the bubble thing, I'll stand by that if they happen to sign Cam for another year for whatever reason, uh, and try to give him that chance to really learn the system properly. I wouldn't be against that either. Um, I think there are better options. But if that happens, you know, again, I'm still behind it. Um, if, even if it's just to see, hey, did, did last season with the very small amount of time you had to work with the team to begin with affect anything? Or are or you just – are your days numbered in the NFL? Because <laughs> um, I can't imagine anyone's picking them up. Um, if if not New England, I really don't.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm I'm with think. you there. I mean, I, I I where else would he go? Like, yeah, there's a lot of teams that don't have a starting quarterback right now, but who wants Cam Newton? Like, yeah. yeah. And, you, and here's the thing: you have the inherent advantage on wanting Cam Newton because, or at least resigning him because he knows what it's like to go there now, and you have that information mm-hmm. about him. So if you did bring him back, you would be able to actually work with him, like you said, learn the system properly, instead of trying to make something that happens in a year happen in a month. Which, again, we said it a lot throughout this show throughout last season and into the offseason now, but the fact of the matter is what Cam did in the time he had should be commended because that is not mm-hmm. easy to do. We may not exactly. like what he, how he played, the fact of the matter is, you have to give him some credit.
1: Exactly. I mean, there was there was a lot. I and mean, of course, you know, dealing with um, being out f- because of COVID for a couple of weeks, um, again, having a very very short amount of time to work with the system, um, a, nearly leading game winning drives in certain games. Like again, they didn't turn the game winning drives, but they were drives that you know one thing goes p- better and you win the game against Seattle, Denver, Buffalo. Denver, um, games like that, that again, it, it hurts you and it makes you, and it, and it hurts his value a bit. But at the same time, you see that one thing gets corrected and that game's a victory. And if that, that gets corrected next season, we'll flip above 500 instead of below 500. Plus,
0: you get the COVID attorneys back. Uh, yeah, so you
1: get Dante Hightower, Patrick, um, for example,
0: Patrick Chung. That's the third name Ugh. we're forgetting. Uh, Marcus that's Cannon, it. I believe, yep. is one of them. That's going to be big. So, I mean, you, you turn you turn yeah. this team that was a shell of itself, almost literally, and you give it a new – a breath a of fresh air. And, yeah. you know, th- this is why I, I caution people in the saying the Patriots dynasty is dead because that's still a good team if you, if you give up all – bring all those guys back. And you get a quarterback yeah. that doesn't mess up what he needs to. This thing is not over. Yeah. Belichick is still there. He knows what he's doing. And I would point yeah. this out. The man won in Cleveland. Uh, this is before <laughs> this is before the Browns became the Browns in that, you know, for the last twelve years or so they've been absolutely caught garbage. But this is the same yeah. owner of an art model that owned the Baltimore Ravens and decided uh to move the team to Baltimore and fire Belichick in the process. Mm-hmm. Who in their right mind thought it would be okay to leave Cleveland and move to Baltimore and then fire... Up? Oh, okay, that just shows you something's <laughs> wrong. And that all shows... Yeah. And here's the thing. Belichick is the same guy that had listened to the following guys he had on the staff. Nick Saban, uh, Iowa coach, Kirk Fance, who's like the who I think is right now the longest tenure coach in the FBS. Uh... Oh, that's that that night. Look up the 1995 Cleveland Brown staff people, and just look at how many great football people are on that staff. <laughs> Nick Saban was a defensive coordinator. Nick Saban.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The man knows how to to bring coaches in, educate his players, and get them ready to go. If you think this thing's dead because Brady ain't there, you're wrong.
1: Yep. I, I'm I'm waiting to see how how much better some of these younger receivers are going to get too. Like you know, Harry will be in his third season. You know, it'll be his se- start of his second full season being fully healthy. Um, if they bring back Demio Bode, I know he's going on free agency. If they bring him back, he was he, you know, he did well. You know, based on again how the rest of the team was. Um, if or if they just add another veteran option, I mean, should Edelman c- decide to Come back another year, you know, if he doesn't call it quits. If he is an outright cut, and I hope that isn't the case. But either way, I would much rather just retire and be you know, than be cut. But either way, uh, if they have you know one other veteran option on there to to whether it's Edelman or somebody else to really bolster that that I think that's really what they need. They want need one one veteran that's that can just elevate everyone else around him and, and really Edelman's the guy for that I mean it doesn't matter where he's out on the field he's elevating everyone around him
0: you know what some people are thinking the Patriots should go after in free agency hmm. Alan Robinson the Bears receiver get, get a Ooh. nice deep threat I
1: mean he's a good one but I gotta imagine he'd be expensive now that's not saying that the Patriots don't have some cap space to work with there but still yeah, I, I, I can't imagine it'd be cheap
0: I'm with you there uh, but that is something in terms of the Patriots needing the receiver yeah. depth. I'm with you though. I would bring back Demir Bird, and I'll tell you who I'm really looking forward to seeing this season: Jacoby Myers. I mm-hmm. want to see how that kid progresses because he came on at the end of last year. He and Cam got something going, and especially if Cam ends up coming back, that could be the that could be what you build your offense around in the receiving end. Mm-hmm. Now let's also, since you mentioned Kyle Trask in your uh quarterback list. Let's also do this. Let's, uh, let's have Kyle Trask in town. Let's go get his tight end, Kyle Pitts. Ooh. Let's have that. Let's have fun with that. I don't know if Kyle Trask is a, is a first-round guy. Go get uh, Kyle Pitts with like, your first-round pick, and then spend your second-round pick on Kyle Trask.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I think they've got him as number seven on the QB board.
0: There's but, not going well, to not, not be yeah. seven quarterbacks taking the yeah. first round.
1: No well, no no, yeah, not number seven on the sorry, not number seven on the thing, but number seven overall, yeah. Okay. On the Q B board. Just to clarify, yeah. So it'd be uh, how these guys have it. Well sports Illustrated is Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson at Brigham Young, Mac Jones, Davis Mill Mills, yes, at Stanford and then Kyle Trask, and then a bunch of other people. Oh, they got Sam Ellingo at number ten. Huh? Uh and then they've got ha, number sixteen and seventeen. This is just funny. Brady Davis, Brady White. <laughs> Wait, right, hey,
0: Brady White's from Memphis. Is a good because a good player. Yep. They they could score at Memphis. Where mm-hmm. did Brady Brady Davis go to college? Uh, Brady, Illinois, Illinois State. State. I knew I I. It's like my name was sound familiar to me, but now I know why. I don't watch Illinois State football. Uh, mm-hmm, no disrespect mm-hmm. them, I just don't watch them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Brady White. It's someone else I would take. You, you know, It's a bit of a different system from Memphis, but I think you could translate well to the NFL. I really do. Uh, while was the NFL? You want to have a pipe dream? Let's, do a, uh, let's do a pipe dream. Russell Wilson. And I bring that up because I'm going to ask you a question about what do you think about his current situation in Seattle. Let me lay out the facts for those of you who may not be fully aware of what's going on. There apparently is some friction between he and the Seattle Seahawks. Most notably, the fact that he stormed out of a meeting when he when his ideas on how to fix the struggling Seahawks offense in the second half of the season were disregarded. Uh, apparently, there is a power struggle between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Russell, though, maintains he does not want to be traded from Seattle, but if he does, he would like to be traded to the following teams. The Bears, the Saints, the Raiders, or the Cowboys. And so I ask you this what do you think the chances are that Seattle uh actually trades Russell Wilson? And uh what, what where of those four do you think he would most likely go? The Patriots exclusive really cause none the list, even though I even think we both think they should be
1: Um I'd say unless the teams that are going to go f- or you know, <laughs> try to trade for him are willing to give up like at least two first round picks, uh very that he's not going anywhere. I mean, he is too valuable. and Dude, the I, Bears I, I, I don't the know.
0: Pitch they him for Khalil I, ha-
1: I have no idea. I mean, I have no clue. <laughs> but uh, then, so, or, or, you know, a slew of other picks. They would have to give up a lot to get him, and rightfully so. Um, but... Ugh. It's, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why there's no chance he's going to the Patriots because we just don't give up a lot of people. But, um, uh, yeah, it's it's very weird. I've read over the, the situation, so I'm just thinking, like, how, how do you... I mean, this guy basically turned... Him and Pete Carroll and, and and co basically turned around that team. You know, he comes in, and then, what, a year later... They're winning a Super Bowl two years later, they're going to their second straight Super Bowl. Granted, lost it, but that's still an, that's still something, you know. Um, and this guy's been one of the best, oh, basically well, the. I'd go as far to as, say the top quarterback in the league since he joined. I mean, that if not one of, of course, you know, top three, uh, top three at least, and. The, People are gonna have to give up a lot if they trade for him, and I don't know if now the, I could see Las Vegas trade giving up the entire, you know, their entire, you know, both their arms and legs because Gruden's insane mm-hmm. and he'll do these things. Mayoc but isn't. I don't, but I don't think that it will happen. Of course, but th- that's the only one that I could see it happening just because of Gruden <laughs> being insane. But. That's still a long shot. There's, there's a
0: person in Vegas you're forgetting, and I don't know that you have experience with him as I do. His name is Mike Mayock. He's the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. He is the former NFL Network draft guru, the male kiper of NFL Network.
2: Mm. He
0: was hired by Gruden uh, two, when they were still in Oakland. He was basically hired because his draft evaluations for NFL Network would rival any NFL teams draft the evaluations for the players, and of course he's doing everyone, not just the players that each individual team likes. So yeah, so he knew everything, and he was basically brought in to be the draft guy. And he also made trades. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't just Gruden, but it, but Gruden did hire him. And you're right; Gruden is kind of out there. But I don't know that Mike Mayock would go. I'm not giving up my whole. I'm giving up my whole draft for one player. As great as Russell Wilson yeah. is, especially because they would be like, Well, you hired me to be a draft guy, now you want me to get rid of the entire reason I'm here. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, it, it wouldn't if it was yeah. just if I it mean, was just Gruden, I would sign the draft I would sign the trade paper now. <laughs> but if, if Mayock there, I don't see it happening.
1: Yeah. I think there's I mean according to ESPN, the things that they would say uh, suggest that the waiters would probably end up giving up. Would be they would give up core, Derek Carr, and another and a draft pick probably or two, and they would also probably have to either trade away Marcus Mariota with that, so just trade two quarterbacks for one, or just drop Mariota. Uh, And and I don't see them dropping Mariota because you know he's apparently got a eleven million dollar cap hit.
0: Well, Um, well, apparently the trade market for Marcus Mariota has quote dried up. Which is weird. So, I mean, so... If you're going to do it, it's going to have to be a... If you want Derek Carr or you want this... If you want rid of Russell, you have to go get him too.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i surprised not as many people are interested in Mariota. He, like, again, I would... I think I've said this before as well. If he hap, if New England happened to call him and say, hey, give me Mariota, what do you want for him? As long as he's not you know, expensive, I would take him too, but... Um, so it's uh, kind of surprising me that he's – that someone doesn't want him. Uh, someone else doesn't want him, like, as a starter.
0: You'd think. I mean, it, it just I, – I don't know. I really don't know anymore. It's – this. It, there's one thing we figure out in the NFL. is that we know nothing. We talk like we know something. We know nothing in the NFL.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: NFL people will <laughs> exactly. know nothing in the NFL. Yep. All right. Let's go to somewhere, but we know a thing or two. How's that? Sure. College. Specifically, WVU. So, we, uh, with Austin Kendall having explored the transfer portal, I don't believe I've heard anything that said he's leaving West Virginia, but I also haven't paid attention to that much, all that much, to it. I'll look I'll look it up, because that's a good question. While you do that, I'm going to finish my uh, introduction here. Uh the assumed quarterback situation is Jared Deggy QB1, Garrett Green, QB2. So, as Darren, first, first for that information, I will give my uh, two cents on the West Virginia quarterback situation. I love it. I think Jared Deggy ball game notwithstanding, had an excellent season. He took care of the ball. He did really everything you need him to. He It, it looked for a time like he wasn't progressing for someone who had been in his second year uh, there. <laughs> But he's a college kid. You can give him a kind of a break every now and again. I mean, yeah. he's got other things going on but Football is not his entire life, as much as mm-hmm. it is for probably as much as it is for us. It's not for him, and it should never be in college. Uh, but uh, what really excites me is last year did not count towards the eligibility. He just keep growing. I don't think he's the mm-hmm. guy who will leave early for the NFL. I don't think he really has that great of an NFL future. But this means he'll stay in Borneo Challenge. He'll keep getting better and I love where we're at as a program at WVU.
2: hmm I
1: mean, Exactly. I I mean again yeah, you're right. With the beginning of the season I started getting and I always have the and I always say this because it, it when these things start happening, it reminds me of it. I always end up having Skylar Howard flashbacks. <laughs> uh when quarterbacks start playing horribly. Uh Jared Deggy was making was making Skyler Howard ask um, choices. And I was thinking, what happened? You're smarter than this. We know that he's smarter than this. <laughs> so I was, I was, um, it was making me <laughs> paranoid for the season. Uh, but then like you said, he, something snapped in like what game two, it was game three or something, something where, like that. Yeah. Uh, where we were like, Oh, there was, there he is. <laughs> there he there's the chair take you know, and then you know the the bit of time I saw we saw Garrett Green play it wasn't too much, but he was he was making some smart plays he was he, he was extremely mobile, which um has been becoming a an evolution of the game, so you know you can't be against that uh it's also and fun. he was making some smart plays, yeah, so he was definitely making some smart plays, I mean he didn't play too 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 much, but I was not disappointed with the bit that I saw with him playing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the most he played was what, against Eastern Kentucky?
1: Uh, I think the, so. He
0: got, like, most of the fourth quarter there, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. So, I mean, it, it's it's Eastern Kentucky. You can't take too much yeah. from that. I mean, no disrespect to those guys, but it's an FCS team. They got done on by Marshall the previous weekend. They were never going to present a fight. It's just you have to beat them in the ground, and they did. But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, guys, uh, you know, it, I'm with you. I mean, it, it's not I, – I, let's make this interesting. Do you think there's a chance Garrett Green makes a run at the quarterback spot in the offseason, or is this automatically Deggy's team take it from here?
1: Um, I mean, I, I would still give it to Deggie. But at the same time, if there is a quarterback battle, that's just good. That that's better for the team, if you ask me. Because then you know you've got two starting quarterback, or, or quarterbacks that are worth of starting positions in in your in your um, <clears throat> roster, and they're ready to take the field whenever you know. But I, again, with that, not having too much ex- direct experience seeing Gary Green, I'd still lean on Deggy, But again, the coaching staff knows a whole lot more than we do.
0: All right, so Jar- uh, Garrett Green uh, has in his career six completions on eight attempts for 48 yards, a long of 11. He completes 75% of his passes for an average of six yards per pass and 12 yards per game. He rushes for, he has 80 yards on 12 rushes for a long of 13, point-seven yards per attempt for a 20 yard average per game. And he has played in four games total at WVU. Hmm. So again, traditional backup numbers. No one's gonna think anything of that. It's just a matter of well, you know, how do you handle it when you get in there and usually it's in mop up duty. We hope it's not because of an injury or a bad play. We hope it's only in mop up duty because if if Deggie plays as well as we think he can, this team can go places. Yeah. Let's find Deggy's yeah, stats while I'm here. Der- oh here we go, Jared Deggy. Also,
1: I can't find anything on Austin Kendall. I I even looked on his Twitter and he's
0: not
1: he's not tweeted anything, uh, basically since the football or since the bowl game, so or since his like announcement that he was entering the transfer portal. So I can't I haven't seen anything confirming that he's anywhere else.
0: I would probably say it probably happens to move towards spring camp once guys once other yeah. other programs get their affairs in order with their incoming recruiting classes, which considering Sunday day was earlier this month, it should have happened already, <clears throat> but yeah, you know there is i mean you have to re recruit the guy basically, so there could be a courtship going on, we just don't know about it. I'll start yeah. having trouble with my computer loading jede' stats so I can't get that but uh, uh. Still,
1: I can pop him open if you want.
0: Uh, why not? We're already here. Uh, look at the 2020 stats. I was going for career, but career okay.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. I've got the let's see if I can get the totals here. Um, totals for his career, it, we're including, of course, Bowling Green State uh, for 2017, 2018, and then WVU for 19 and 20. He is uh 63 percent completion, uh 63.5 percent completion. Uh, percentage uh seventy four hundred yards, an average of seven uh yards per throw. Uh sixty touchdowns to twenty two interceptions. Uh he was fourteen and four last season. Um a long of seventy six. He's been sacked seventy times, ouch. Yeah. And he has a QBR of one hundred and thirty six point three uh one hundred and thirty six point three.
0: Is three. Isn't me or did fourteen and four seem kind of to catch you off guard a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean Definitely, but I think it's also because we had Letty Brown in the backfield. Yeah,
0: and, and if you needed, and he had Alex Sinkfield too. And if you needed him, you could go to him. And it was just, yep,
1: yeah. Uh, so we had Letty Brown trucking everybody, so we didn't need as many th- uh, throwing touchdowns. I
0: saw one thing that ranked ranked WVU in the, at number ten in the country for their running back recruiting for the 2021 class. Hey, that makes me happy. <laughs> Say right.
1: Makes me happy. To,
0: like Big Twelve, you throw all the time. Nah, man, we're good. We're just gonna, we're just gonna <laughs> run it. Insert, insert the Drake meme. Running it, throwing it. <laughs> ah, hey, we're gonna run it all day. Yep. Hey, if it works, I don't care how you do it. Exactly. If we win every game three nothing, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the playoff commit. The playoff committee might, but I don't. Think like, yeah, yeah, we only scored. Thirty six points all season. We're undefeated. Yeah, it's like but we gave up nothing. <laughs> but uh <Yeah>. like Alan A <laughs> was scoring 50, 50 points a game. Are they undefeated? They lost one.
2: <laughs> See? See? <laughs>
0: oh boy. Oh boy. <sighs> <clears throat> oh, you know, there's something I don't have in our rundown, but we should mention it. There could be history made this week in Morgantown, West Virginia. Yep. Bob Huggins, if West Virginia wins against Baylor on Tuesday, (laughs) a recently defeated Baylor by Kansas Tuesday, and TCU on Thursday night. Bob Huggins will win game number 900 of his illustrious career. A should-be Hall of Fame career. All I got to say is put the man in the Hall of Fame. Get this man a ring and put him in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Excuse me. And because Kansas beat Baylor, West Virginia still has a slimmer of hope of winning the Big 12 regular season championship in basketball. Ooh-hoo. And the Baylor women have <clears throat> at least a share of the Big 12 women's title. And since West Virginia was really good there, I would imagine that West Virginia might still be in the running for that. I don't know that, but I would have to imagine.
1: Let's See what the interwebs say. If this, Uh, they are currently second. So yeah, they
0: are twelve and four in conference. Isn't that weird? It's Baylor and West Virginia at both the men and women's. Isn't that weird? Exactly. Hey, West Virginia might be a basketball school, but you know what? So be it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the the women's team is eighteen and four overall. Hey. And I don't know if the it doesn't show me a rank. They were but, ranked.
0: They uh, lost to Iowa State. They might drop out of the rankings. They also might. I think Iowa State actually is pretty good on this matchup. They probably stay ranked yeah. like the bottom like 22 or something like that. Yeah. But hey, um, that'll work. It's a rank. It's a ranking. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, so they will 18. No, yeah. yeah. 18th, what I
0: what was Iowa State like when they beat me when see. they when they beat what are they Uh, so
1: that was they were unranked. Oh, that hurts. And then West Virginia came back and beat Kansas uh, yesterday.
0: Uh, losing the unranked team <clears> hurts. Yeah, but then
1: they've got Kansas State Wednesday and Monday the eighth. They play they in the season uh, against Baylor.
0: Oh, down there too. Oh boy. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy!
1: Yeah. So it's Baylor, WVU, Oklahoma State at fourteen and one, twelve and four, and thirteen and five, and then Iowa State's eleven and six, and it goes
0: down from there. You know what's weird? And I just thought about this on the Big Twelve men's side. Hmm. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma played yesterday. They're playing again tomorrow. Huh. Two games in three days—bedlam! Interesting. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah, they the game into overtime yesterday. Exactly. And everyone flips out about having, so many, having two teams recently playing against each other. i like, that's what makes it fun. Okay? Like, I just lost to you in overtime two days ago and I want revenge now. What part of that is not fun? Exactly. It's like, I don't know about you, and we've had this discussion before in terms of football, but it's the same for basketball. Recency means a lot of headlines. Mm-hmm. And it means as fans, we get to go, screw you again. Exactly. All right. Let's move on to our hell of a story. Uh, this is all me this week. I hate to – actually, I don't hate to at all. In fact, I love this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, if, you've, if you know anything about me, you'll know that I'm a fan of Everton FC in the English Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know anything about Everton, you'll know we're located in the city, uh, city of Liverpool, which is where Liverpool FC reside. Liverpool are uh, reigning champions of England. They have been crowned champions of Europe two years ago. And they are one of the biggest and most historic football clubs in the world. And I'm gagging as I say that. Uh, <laughs> Everton, though, have been considered the world brother, even though, and this is the history lesson for you, <coughs> Liverpool were formed from the assets of Everton. Liverpool play at a stadium called Anfield. That was actually Everton's home stadium before there was a split in the club's board over whether or not to pay an increased rent fee. Half the board wanted to, to pay it, the other half wanted to not. So the club part that wanted to pay it stayed, and the other half moved the Everton over across Stanley Park, which is a park in Liverpool, like a city, city park, to a place called Mary Greenfield where they built a stadium, known as Goodison Park, where we still play them today, built in 1894 the other part of the club became Liverpool FC, a Banfield, and became one of the biggest and best-known clubs in the world. So even though we're treated as little brother, we're technically a big brother. Just FYI. Mm-hmm. In recent years, it's been Liverpool beating the leading daylights out of Everton. In addition to their own success in winning the Champions League and the Premier League, uh, they have beaten us almost every time in the 20th <coughs> century. The 21st century, I should say. Uh... We had not won at Anfield since September 1999, and we had not beaten Liverpool since October 17, 2010, in any competition. That's 10 years of uh, league games, which that's, uh, that's 23 games between Liverpool and Everton that had been going, uh, had not, we hadn't, been, hadn't beaten them. We played a semi final against them in the FA Cup. I remember following that game. Uh, because our friend, my mutual friend Brian, was with me. We were in pigeon for Tennessee, and I didn't have a <clears> way to watch the game, so I just kept track of it on the, on my phone. Everton went up early in the game, and then you can see the two later on. And I'm like, "Oh my god, we lost <clears> again!" <throat> but you know, you're trying to win a trophy for the first time since before I was born. Everton were 1995, so it was really, you know, it was a big game. We finally beat him. Liverpool nil, Everton 2, at the final whistle at Erfield last Saturday. We got off of here. I went to the back of the house, and I just stared on my TV for the better part of two hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was still kind of in that moment where I was trying to process what happened. And then this guy texted me. He's like, I see something happened." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I don't know how to – I don't know yeah. what to think of it I, yet.
1: I had been – so I had went out uh to the store, and – on my on my, i tri- on, on like the trip back home. As a, a majority of it, I have zero service. But like, I remembered. Uh, well, I did, I was like, you know what? For the sake of it, and I, I, I also, <laughs> for the sake of refusing to risk jinxing anything, I did not ask you. I hesitated, at, <laughs> a few times, but I did not ask you a single thing about the game the entire, or the match the entire time. I was like, listen, if something's positive going on, I'm not gonna jinx it. I'm not gonna say a thing, and. Um, I was looking at the, the school and I saw, I popped it up and I was like, huh, I wonder how, how long the games, uh, the, you know, the match has left. And, um, I popped it up, saw it was one nil. And I was like, Oh, that's uh that's something that, 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 oh and then um so then i was re- opening it back and forth every now and then and like as soon as i checked and it was one nil i was like oh i gotta wonder how lucas is he's gotta be on the edge of his seat right now um and it was what uh like eight minutes left in in regular yeah. time yeah when i i think something like that and then i was like okay and then i swear su- i swear not not a minute later in, in real time, uh, it's, I opened it up again. I said, oh, it's 2-0. What? Um, and then I, I could just imagine like if <laughs> I was thinking either you're on the edge of your seat or you are actively jumping up and down. I,
0: I, <laughs> I was Here's what it was. It was a state of shock. I was, I was like, am I really watching this? Are we actually mm-hmm. going to do this? Because there, as an Everton fan, there's been so much heartbreak in the 10 years I followed the club that you're conditioned for failure. So you're just waiting on Liverpool to start making something, and you're like, if they get one, they're going to get two, and they're going to get three, and they're going to beat us again. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care if they've lost three in a row of this, of this place. They're going to beat us, and you're just like, oh, no. Hey, hey, hey. They, we got two. Yay. We're going to <clears> do it. <laughs> it, was, exactly. it was two minutes into the game, it got one nil. It was a kind of feeling out process between the two teams. And then there was one, we have a player named James Rodriguez. It's spelled James, but it's pronounced Thomas. He's Colombian. He's one of the best technical players in the world. He has such a, a view of the, he can see the field so beautiful, uh, so well. He understands what's going on around him in every possible venture. He slipped a pass through the Liverpool defense right to our Brazilian masterpiece for Charleston. Who slotted at home past this uh, Brazilian teammate, and I'm just like, it's one-nil, you know, I it inside two minutes. What? We don't lead here. We, they do that. They put us a goal behind, and we have to go chase the game for 88 minutes. What just happened? And they kept coming forward. They kept pressing us. We defended really well all day, and there were a few chances where you thought they were going to make it 1-1. It was going to be a – the game was going to it to their favor. But we had a few great saves from our goalkeeper who the fact that we did is really kind of remarkable because our goalkeeper has had some times where you, where you look at him and go, what the hell were you doing? He's made some really <laughs> bad errors that have cost us games at times this season. Uh, so to have him playing the game of his life at the right time really helped us too. But Liverpool didn't have as much fight as, as they normally do. And then we brought on our expert goal scorer, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who has experienced just a, a career renaissance under Carlo <laughs> Ancelotti, who's really still confident in the kid. He's done everything right. He's got, like, 15 goals on the season in the Premier League, like 20 overall, I think, in all competitions. He's he's doing everything right. And he was coming back from injury, so he didn't play. He didn't start, but he played the last, like, 20 minutes or so. And he gets the poor attacking – they get caught out. There are too many men forward. We get on a break. Richarlison slides it through the dominant Calvert-Lewin, who gets taken down for a penalty. And it was kind of iffy if it should be been called a penalty, but it was called a penalty. Gilfie Sigurdsson, who the last season, everyone had been called for him to be sold. Thank God he wasn't sold. He slotted the penalty home, and with eight minutes to go, we're winning, and it's like, we're going to actually do it. We are going to beat Liverpool. And this is what it's so incredible to me. The last time Liverpool lost to Everton, I was in Chicago with no ability to actually watch the game. I had liver surgery the next day. I had a nervous breakdown the day before my surgery. Not due to the game, just because I had never actually remembered myself having a surgery, even though I've had a open heart before then. So I didn't. Yeah. It was a completely foreign concept to me. And this is a foreign concept to me beating Liverpool because, like I said, I'm so conditioned to expect failure. I am so conditioned to, when we go into that game, expect to lose, even if it's not a, th- a thrashing. There's been several times in this, uh, in this run against Liverpool that we had where it would be level with the, in the last few minutes of the game. We would be right there to earning a draw against them, which is a pretty decent result. And they would get one break, and it would just be, <clears throat> well, there we go. There, there's, they ha- You know the double joint game against the Eagles uh, for the Bears? Mm-hmm. We, we had yep. one against Liverpool. We were playing at Enfield, and there was just a really weird cross uh, being played into the uh, Everton 18-yard box uh, late in the game, like in the 96th minute, I think it was. And uh, it just hit off the post, off the crossbar, and in. And I'm just – and we're – it was nothing, nothing. And you're like, oh, my God. We were so close to getting out of here with something. We can hang our heads – we can hang our hats on. And then we go and give away that. And it's just like you expect that. But at the same time, it's like, why – why do we keep doing this to ourselves? And you're preparing yourself for the next game against them. And you're like, well, okay. I actually – I remember tweeting out against a – after a Liverpool, Everton-Liverpool Everton, Liverpool game, I said, Everton would win the league with 37 wins and one loss, and the one loss would be at Liverpool. We would win mm. every other game in the league season except for that in a 38-game season. And that's how I thought about it because it's like, this is a house of horrors for us. Some unknown entity must have put a, a curse on us in that building. Now, I yeah. will say this. The fact that there were no fans there, I think, helped us. But you know what? I don't give a damn. It still counts as a win at their place. I don't care what anyone has to say about no fans being there. <laughs> I do not care one bit. Exactly. <sighs> and I, I just I mean, got done during this podcast. Uh, I follow with Scottish team Paulson Johnston SC. They just won the Scottish League Cup for the first time in club history. I got to watch that. Uh, Fun fact. St. Johnston have won two cups in the last last 10 years. 2014 Scottish Cup and the 2021 Scottish League Cup. They're the second most successful club in Scotland in that time. With just two trophies. Celtic, at one point, I think won, won the treble, the League, League Cup, and Scottish Cup, like three seasons in a row. So they had nine trophies in the span of three years. And wow. St. Johnston have two. They're the most, second most successful club in the country in, that, in the last 10 years. That's insane. Yeah, but
2: definitely. no one
0: cares if we won it. <laughs> it's, this, this is what's so weird. I've been following St. Johnston for a very short time. And I've already seen them win a trophy. If I've followed Edmonton for the last 10 years... Nothing.
2: No <laughs>
0: no trophy wins. And I'm like, uh, shouldn't the longer I stay with you, the more rewarded I am? Nope, not Everton. Nope. <laughs> no. The longer you stay, the more heartbreak you get. <laughs> it takes a tough soul to be an Everton fan. Yep. <sighs> All right. We've covered both parts. We've covered both definitions of the word football and basketball. Anything else we need to add?
1: Hmm. Not that I can think of. Oh,
0: you know what we... Outside of... You know, of, what we, oh. you know what we can't talk about? Hmm. College football be banned. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say that. That could be a... You know it better than I do. The line, you, floor is yours.
1: Oh, uh, well, I... So, weirdly enough, I knew about this. and didn't realize I knew about <laughs> it. Um, So... I stumbled on something back in ah, probably the beginning of February and uh, no, note that this has been, I think officially out since into December beginning of the, or maybe just straight up the beginning of the year. Um, but I stumbled on it on Twitter and I saw people talking about it and like the uniforms. And I thought what I thought was, it was a, I was partly right, but, but I was incorrect in the other fashion. I'll get to that in a second. But what I thought what it was, was just a, Someone got onto Xbox and somehow managed to create a mod that you could download that updates these things, meaning that I would have had to own the physical disc already, and it defeated the purpose of me getting excited about it. Uh, But the other day, I stumble on – well, I didn't stumble on it. I watch all his videos, um, uh, not the experts' YouTube channel, and he – so he put a thing on Twitter and said "So he's got two big – two big NCAA 14 dynasties that essentially spurred his, you know, kept his channel. Well, one started his channel's popularity and the other one continued that. Um, And he was like, okay, so I'm going to take one of my legacy players from, from my, you know, my first dynasty and I'm going to make him an off, make him an offensive coordinator. Which one should I do from this dynasty? And he had a Twitter poll. Um, And I was like, okay, cool, he's just going to do a coaching dynasty with NCAA 14. Um, I was only half right there. When I watched the video, he he, um, he popped it up, and, and then he was like, okay, so I'm doing the college football revamped. And then he said PC. This is what got me. When he said PC, I said, wait a minute here, because college f- NCAA 14 or any of the NCAA games were not on PC. So that's what led me to investigate more. um and when he mentioned that his two dynasties that he created won in the game because the team builder isn't a function yet, if it even will be, to be honest, I don't know. Um, I was like, okay, so this really is like a, someone went in, modded it, and then made it accessible for PC in its own way. Uh, and I got excited, so I looked into it when I got home and found out that, yeah – It is a PC thing, as well as a PS3 and an Xbox 360. The caveat with Xbox 360 is apparently you have to somehow acquire some kind of external program, uh, another external program, that might cost money. Um, So I guess that's uh, depending on one's necessity. Um, But point is, it led to to me learning that, one, this is uh, straight up someone's creating this mod the these are a couple of, a, a group of like 20 something computer science guys from UCF um that are straight up modding or revamping literally uh, both the name and actually um the NCAA 14 game they've tweaked the textures they've added the new uniforms they're updating some of the alternate uniforms um they're going to be putting in a uniform for Purdue that is, I guess, an homage to the most recent NASA uh, launch, which I guess had something to do with Purdue. I don't know the history behind that, but apparently They're going the engineering uh, school probably
0: has something to do with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um so they're doing these things. They they actually have the literal 2020 rosters. So Trevor Lawrence, Jared Dagey, uh Justin Fields, etc., all of those guys. Um and they uh they're updating patch by patch, so they just released another update yesterday that I ended up downloading. That uh, so they don't have all of the teams in there just yet, but they're releasing them in like about a month at a time, and they should have the Big Ten finished, I think, next month. Um, and then I think the pack 12 will be completed the month after, and then any other remaining random team that they haven't put in there, I guess, will be done. You know, further. But the point is. You can play NCA 14 on your PC now. Uh, it does a. It's actually not a horrible process. I watched a video to help explain it a little better, just to make sure I didn't screw things up. But it's basically download a PlayStation 3 emulator, um, download the PlayStation 3 firmware, and up you know upload that to that emulator so it's updated. Um, go on to another website that that is linked. Download the um, PS3 disc file for uh NCA fourteen, which is like a six gigabyte download. Um upload that to the emulator and then download the package installer from the college football Revamped um, uh, people uh page <laughs> and upload that and it'll it'll upload that installer into the in the mod into NCA fourteen. Um, and then it'll show up in the email. There, there was a few structure things you have to do in the folder, uh, but that's why the video was helpful because it showed you exactly how the folder needed to be set up. Um, the one, the, the couple things that I noticed so far is one, I already knew this was a problem from watching the video. Uh, I don't know how to tweak it because I don't know what settings he tweaked. But uh, there are moments. There was one moment that happened where the screen, uh, the the everything was everything was good, except for the field. The field turned black. Everything else was fine, but the field was straight black. Hmm. Um, so it was like you were hovering over an abyss. It was very weird. Um, yeah. The other thing is I, the um, the audio, and it only does it, it doesn't do it in the menu, it doesn't do it in anything else, but when you're actually in gameplay, actual commentary, um, you know, art, uh, uh, football audio, the, cr- the the audio crackles. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if it's a. I it can't. I can't believe it would be a, 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 a comp- my computer, because um, it's a relatively new build, and also it's not a bad CPU. But the point is, um, they was doing that, and it was working everywhere else. And every now and then, I'll have something with a, a, like a weird audio thing with one of my other apps, but I think it's the app because um, other people have it too. But point is. Uh, I have an audio crackling thing, and I haven't played it since the update because I updated it yesterday and then I was doing other stuff or playing other games that were new as well. But um, So I'm going to try that out today and see if the audio fixed. Uh, If not, I'm going to have to investigate a bit more into how to tweak it or if there's something I have to tweak on my end. Um, But the audio or the visual stuff, again, that's probably something I can tweak on my end. I just don't know what settings are proper. Um, but I think I've figured out some things. All I know is I've got it running in 1440p, and it looks crisp um, because they've got the texture um, format or the quality we finished. And then I've, I'm actually I'm running a thing called um, upscaling. A lot of software uses this. A lot of programs use it so that way you're not so you're running the program or the game or whatever it is in its native resolution. So if it's like a 720p game. You upscale it, and the software essentially renders it in a higher resolution to make it look crisper. It's not as perfect as running it natively at 1440p, for example, but it's still noticeably crisper, and it looks so much better. Um So it's like, holy crap, I'm playing essentially a modernized NCA 14, and this should tide me over until the real NCA comes back out, so... Uh, it's like an appetizer, and I appreciate those twenty-something uh, comp sci students.
0: <laughs> Thank you, UCF, for making a work block contribution to the sport of college football. <laughs> uh, your twenty fourteen national championship trophy is in the mail. Uh... <laughs> I knew gonna that was going to be. I was. I was waiting. <laughs> uh... You know they actually. Uh... You know they actually. We all think of the playoffs as a national champion. They actually were crowned national champion by a publication, and they have a trophy sitting in their, in their football offices.
1: Yeah, that's it's so weird. But, you know, it's only half long. You
0: do you. <laughs> you can I just point this out? The, the irony of this, that there was a student at UCF, the punter, who was kicked off the football team or had a scholarship taken away or some, maybe a combination of both because he monetized the YouTube channel. A violation of NCAA rules. Uh-huh. Yet their school produced this game. People from that school. Can I just point out the irony in that?
2: <laughs>
0: I, I I feel like I should. But... It's really weird. I mean, it, it's, it, it's just weird. But here, here's the thing. You know what I'm looking? I, I'm most looking for? I can't play it because I don't have a gaming PC. My laptop would just straight-up die if I tried to play this game. But uh, I'm looking for – they actually they – they redid the graphics to reflect the ESPN graphics now. Mm-hmm. And they also implemented a college football playoff into the game. Yes. I want to know how a playoff works in a video game because it's, yeah. it's trying to uh, make, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, logical, a very illogical thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's also, and I kind of, I don't know if it's hard coded into it or if you have to download a separate tool that they've created for it. I have to look that up. But they've also got the ability, in some capacity, to expand the playoffs to eight teams oh. in the game, so you can live out the reality, or the fantasy of having an eight-team playoff. Um, I, I'm go I need to look in in photo into how to do that into how to do that. But I know it's possible because I know that they've. They've uh, posted about it. That would be uh, so cool. I think there's cool. a separate tool I have to download, I think.
0: That would be so cool. Yeah. I actually did a whole, on my college football website, I did a whole series last year about if the playoff was 18, it's from the first playoff to the most recent one, not past season, but 2020, the 2019 yeah. playoff. And uh, that'd be so cool to act that out and actually in the game scenario. That'd be so cool. Even though I maintain this. And there's a separate issue, we don't need to get on it again, but you don't need a committee to have a playoff. We can still have the playoff with the BCS system. There was nothing wrong with the BCS system. There was nothing wrong with that. And if, the, if you're one of those people that wanted to have, to stop having the SEC rule because of the, and you wanted other teams in it, Georgia, Alabama, 2017. Need I say more? You mm-hmm. still had it. This thing that you were trying to prevent still happened. <laughs> we don't have to have the fly- the playoff committee. The committee is useless to me. Like all they do is put out, is spit out rankings that I could do myself. Yet no one cares if I do it. Why do I care if they do it? I mean, really, I don't have. I had a computer that actually that took into account who you played, where you played them, whether or not they were any good. The eye test didn't matter. It was only did you beat them? Did they win other games? Who'd they beat? It's the RPI ranking, basically in basketball, and they went away with that. They went to their quadrant win system, which is convoluted as hell. You know, it should it really should come down to who did you beat? Did you, okay, like okay, you beat an eight and fourteen. Great, they have seven. They have eight wins besides you. Did they beat anyone good? Great, they beat another seven and four. They beat a seven and five team. Great. Okay, we can work with that. You know, stuff like that. That's that's it should be quantifiable. And the BCS was an uh, average from the Harris poll, the coaches poll, and the AP poll. You had some options there. It was an average. Mm-hmm. There's <clears> nothing <throat> wrong with the BCS system. I maintain that to this day. Yep. Which is why, and I, I don't know this will happen, but I'm hoping I can do it. Uh, uh I'm hoping I can play uh, NCA 13. I don't have 14, blank, I have 13 on my old Xbox. And play out because the BCS is still in there. I'm like, I can show you how good this would have been. You mm-hmm. know? It's like, well, keep going and see what you get. But that's a you know a pipe dream. But still, it might happen. Who knows? You know my favorite uniform, though, was on that game? What? Blue helmets, gold jersey, gray pants. I loved wearing that. Oh, I
1: need to see if they have the gray jersey in that game. I know they had the other three, but I didn't – I or well, the other – I only scrolled between the gold and the blue ones because they were pretty, but uh, I didn't look f- – I have to imagine they have the white, but I need to see if they have the gray in there. I, I need to open that up and check again because that would be cool. So here's, um, here's the
0: thing though. In that game, at least the one I have, excuse me, I think the gray pants are the Nike Pro Combat pants. Who-hoo. So you get that. It looks kind of out of place without, without the uh, without the other stuff, but it's still cool.
1: Yeah. The, Ooh, the... Apparently apparently JJ Watt is the rumors are he's got a some free agency list down to five teams or so. Apparently. This is a is a rumor article, but let's see what uh see what it lists as real quick. Apparently the Bills are one of them. Oh god. Please no. <laughs> Don't let that happen. Um where's the other? This, this this mentions, says three to five teams, but it only mentions the Buffalo Bills. Uh, maybe I have to do some...
0: The Browns, research. I think, are in there. Um, I saw that mentioned this week, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo is 100... Uh, whoa. Oh, bo- Buffalo is currently over the $180 million projected cap. Okay. Yeah, Let's that's see. what but, makes it finagling. Yeah.
0: Um...
1: Okay, so it doesn't say in, in this article. Why would it say – why is the headline narrows list three to five teams and then only mentions Buffalo? That's, uh, a, that's poor uh, journalism uh, if you ask me.
0: I uh, have uh, two words, clickbait. <laughs> and remember, the journalist, the report doesn't write the headline. The editor does. Uh,
1: well, then, then poor editing <laughs> – <laughs> either way right, but... the, 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 the that's annoying. It's like I get I, I understand the existence of clickbait, that doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. But uh that's j this is one thing that you wouldn't expect to need to be that. Just give me the full list. I'll find it later. That's okay. Yeah. Whatever. Either way, I can't imagine Patriots on that list.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I I have a hard time believing they were either, but you know, let's <laughs> let's just go with Let's see. I've got something here, maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe. What What? What? were you on? Bleacher Report? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm on the spun. If my thing loads. And here we go. That damn time it did. All right. Bill is emerging as the favorite. John Clayton says, The Cleveland Browns are still in. Still are the Raiders. Hmm. All right, that's 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 all I got. So that's three before of the five. Plot twist goes back to Houston. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. All right, so that's our show for today. Without anything else to really discuss, for uh, Darren, I am Lucas. This has been Scientific Coaching Number Thirty One, our quarterback special. Darren, take us home
1: adiós